0: Well, good morning. We continue our series, The Pursuit. We are so glad that you're here. If you're joining us online, we are also glad that you're doing that. I did want to just bring attention to our cross-point voyage for a van once again. In two weeks, we're going to ask you to make a pledge on how you might be able to help us secure our desire to have a church van to help with events such as VBS where we would be able to go and pick up kids from the local area so we can come get them here, teach them about Jesus and help them build a strong foundation in the Lord. Uh, but there's going to be multiple purposes for that van and maybe, just maybe, uh, God is going to call you to help us out monetarily with that. Maybe he's going to call to help you out. Uh, To help us out with that through prayer, maybe both, but uh, hopefully you took one of these forms home to think about and pray over. If you don't have one, there should be some scattered around certain chair backs around uh, the auditorium, or I can make you a copy after this. If you so desire, just let me know. But uh, we would love for you to uh, go to God with with what he would have you do to help us out with that. And um, just wanted to, again, keep that sort of at the forefront of your mind as we approach that deadline for the day that we ask you uh, to help us out there. And uh, that's kind of fitting today because we are talking about how we pursue Christ with our works. Now, there's an ancient saying that has long been popular amongst various circles. This saying is one of encouragement. This saying is one of challenging others to be their best. And that saying, of course, is put your money where your mouth is. Like I said, ancient saying, put your money where your mouth is. This saying is a call for us not to spend money, but to back up our words with our actions, right? To, to have word and deed match one another. And scripture talks about that quite a bit and how that is important for us to, you know, say that we care about something is to actually show that we care about something by our actions and the way that we actually move. Now, Jesus was not afraid to get his hands dirty in the service of others, and we shouldn't be either. It is very, very important that we show others that they are important to us and that they are loved not only by us, but by our God. And the way we do that is through our works, through our works. And I'm going to refer to works probably from this point on as actions. To me, they're interchangeable. But the way that we show others that they are loved is through our actions, now, within our relationship with God, there is and exists this conundrum, this thing that is uh, just a little bit confusing at times, right? Because we're told that we are saved by our faith alone. It is our faith alone that we put in Jesus Christ that that wins us our salvation. If we look at Ephesians two eight through nine, it says, "For it is grace; it is by grace that you have been saved through faith." And this is not from yourselves it is a gift of god not by works or not by actions so that one can boast but knowing that knowing that it is our faith alone that saves us there's also scripture that tells us that our works offer a testimony to our faith it shows others that when we say we are believers we truly have that belief if we look at james 2:14 through 17 So we are saved by faith alone, but our works, our actions, testify to our faith in Christ. If you are a believer, then you will have the deeds to back it up. So to speak, you will put your money where your mouth is. Now, this testimony that is made available by our actions, by the way that we live our life, actually follows the example of Christ. If we look at Matthew eleven two 2 through 5, it says, When John, this is John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. This is really important. It's not go back and report to John what I tell you. It's go back and report to John what you hear and see. Tell him not about my words, but about my actions. Starting again in verse 5. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. I won't tell John. I'm not going to tell John that I'm who they're expecting. I'm not going to tell John I'm the Messiah. I'm going to show John. I'm going to show him our works are how we show others that Christ is our Lord. And the most important thing about them is that it points others to Christ, our Lord. When people see us working in a way that is not typical of our world, when they see us serving and going above and beyond to share the wealth that we have in our life in numerous areas, and we'll talk about that in a moment, it points them to something otherworldly. They want to know what's different. Why do you act this way when the rest of the world or at least the majority of the world acts this way, right? It's not uncommon for us to see some celebrity or billionaire or millionaire give some large gift to certain charities because they have to have tax breaks in order to, you know, maintain their funds and not pay a higher amount here or there. That, that's not something that shocks us or surprises us. But when we see somebody who's struggling at times to, to, to cover all their bills month to month, still give of what they have, that tends to make a much larger impact, right? That we look at that and we say, wow, that is really something. Our works, again, show that Christ is our Lord. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are saved by faith, but our works testify to our faith. This follows Christ's example and shows the world our connection to God and it brings glory to Him. That explains the why. That explains the why, but now I want to talk about the how. How do we use our works, our actions to pursue Christ? Well, there's three ways that, to me, make a difference. You can give of your time, you can give of your talents, and you can give of your wealth. Everyone gets like an inch taller in their seat when you start talking about money because they just clench up, right? You sit there and you start, anytime like a pastor does a sermon over tithing or giving or anything, you can just see people start to be like, mm, don't really, mmm And I completely understand that. I get it. I work hard, just like a lot of you do. Now, I I would say typically you should let others say you work hard, not say that about yourself, but I do. I work hard. I work a lot of hours. Uh, I spend a lot of time away from my family and even while with my family doing the various working things I have to do that help me earn a living. And all of you are in the same boat. You work hard for what it is that you have. And I don't know about you, but I'll be real honest. I don't really want somebody else in my pocket, so to speak. I don't want somebody there. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of taxes. Okay, I, I like the whole taxation is theft. If you, I will go throw some Lipton into a pond any day of the week, right? Like Boston Tea Party, Jakey, got it. Come on, right? Like I'm telling you, I will participate in. Don't take my money. But I also, I also see the importance of giving what has been given to me to others when I have that available to do. And so we can give in those three areas of our times, our talents, and our wealth. Anytime we talk about money, anytime we talk about our actions, of these three areas in which we can give, in general, we must first start with our mindset. Because our mindset is extremely important when it comes to giving of anything that we can give. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 29 verses 11 through 14. It says, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things, and in your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We have given you only what comes from your hand. And this is the mindset that as Christians we have to work towards. That we are giving back to the Lord. That we are giving to others only that which he has given to us. Seeing what it is that we have been blessed with as gods. Here's the thing that I've come to realize. And it has taken me time to to get there. It's only been in the last couple years that I have fully, I would say, been able to, to grasp this and start to implement it in my life. So I know, guys, that it takes time. But this is a statement that I know to be true. My money is not my own. My house, not my own. My family, not my own. My occupation, not my own. My abilities, not my own. My abilities, aren't my own these are gifts that i have been blessed with through which i can pursue god and serve god and i should also add through which i can bless others my ability to give to any cause that i feel god leading me towards is a direct expression of my faith when god calls and says I want you to give monetarily to this. Or I want you to go give your time and serve in this way. Or you have this talent. I want you to offer it to others. My ability to do those things only exists because God has gifted me with those things. When I do this, when I follow, when I listen, when I obey, it tells God I trust you. It tells God, I trust you. It says, I know that I can give of what I have and I will still have enough. Still have enough. And a lot of us struggle with this. David talked earlier in this series about how time is really the one resource that we can't make more of. Like you can always make more money, you can go have a side hustle. You can work multiple jobs. You can fill your bank accounts. You can do that, but you can't ever put more time back in your time bank, so to speak. Once your time is gone, it's gone. And so how we spend that time is of ultimate importance. So gifting of that time, in my mind, I will tell you often is a lot more of a struggle than giving monetarily. I can give you money because I can make more money. I can give you money because I've been blessed and we've worked to save money, and so I have money that can replace the money that I can give. But I I have limited amounts of time. I work two full-time jobs. One of them which literally, let me tell you, being a pastor, frankly, is 24-7. Your brain never turns off, ever. It just doesn't. I'm always thinking about something, some way I can be better, something I did wrong, some way that we can improve, some way that we can pursue Jesus. It's just how it is. So I understand that that, that time is something that's very precious. And you only have so much of it to spend in all the various areas of your life that need that time from you. But my time is not mine. Again, it is Gods And my whole focus for today about how we pursue Jesus with our actions is to say and see what I have is not mine. Lord, it is yours. So show me, direct me. How do you want me to use this? How do you want me to use my resources? I'm going to trust you with what it is that you've given me. I'm gonna trust that when I give, Everything will still be okay. And part of that mindset is the attitude in which we give, right? How how are we giving? 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Anytime I hear this verse, I go back to Genesis, I think about the story of Cain and Abel. Brothers, sons of Adam and Eve, Cain was a farmer, Abel a shepherd, and there's a story about both of them giving gifts to God. Cain, the farmer, gave out of obligation. I'm giving to God because I've been taught that I have to give to God and I know that I'm supposed to give. And so I'm just going to do it. And what does he do? He just kind of gives like the way I've always pictured this is here's Cain's garden, right? Here's where he's tilled the land and farmed the soil and up has sprouted his harvest. And like in the front, all this stuff looks great. It's big. It's beautiful. It's vibrant great colors and in the very back under a tree where it didn't get much shade or much sun a lot of shade maybe he didn't quite get enough water to it there's just like these little like puny leftover vegetables like a zucchini the size of your pinky (laughs) and right and Cain thinks I've worked really hard on this I've spent all my time on this I have toiled under the sun I have bled I have sweated. I think that's a word. I have exhausted myself. This is mine. But I know I have to give something to God. My parents at least taught me that much. I've got to give something. So he looks back. And again, remember, this is all hypothetical. This is my imagination. Just not in the Bible says it specifically. But he doesn't give of his best. He says, this, I can give this to God. I've worked really hard. I'm keeping the best for myself. I'm going to sell the best. I'm going to eat the best. That I'll give to God. Well, then there's Abel. Abel, shepherd. He's raising livestock. And he gives his best of the best of the best to God. Not out of obligation, but out of love and reverence for who God is. He gives the firstborn of his very best Livestock. And God sees these offerings and he accepts Abel's. It is pleasing to him. He is honored by it. And at Cain's, he kind of says, Why are you giving me that? Look at look at all the look at all the good stuff up front. And he doesn't take kindly to Cain's offering. And he blesses Abel. And if you know the story, Cain doesn't receive that well and he ends up killing his brother. So things go from bad to worse. But every time I think about giving, I think about this story because there have been times in my life, pastor being honest, where I have given out of obligation. I have tithe because I know that that's what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm going to give her this money. But i am be frank with you. I really don't want to. I'd rather spend it on, right now these days, groceries and gas, but like back then, stuff I didn't really need, right? And then there have been times where I have given out of love and reverence for my God without caring about what would this, could this possibly do to me financially. And I will tell you, From my personal experience, and I've been challenging you and you throughout this whole series to put it to the test, but I will tell you through my personal experience that I have found that I always have had more than enough in the times where I've given out of love and reverence, and it's those times where I've given out of obligation where everything just feels tight and constricted. And I don't know, I don't know if it's that I have way more money in the times where uh, I've given out of love and reverence and God has just blessed me and bounty has been flowing and the other times I just didn't have a lot or or if I approached it with the right mindset if I stopped allowing money in that instance to be my god we're to give of our time of our talents yes of our wealth with cheerful hearts, as people who see what it is that we have as God's. And not everybody's going to be able to give the same. Not everybody's going to be able to do that. But how we give is as important as what we give. Everyone will give at different levels, and it's kind of seasonal. Sometimes you'll give monetarily, sometimes you'll give more of your time, and it fluctuates for everyone. This this is not about what everyone else is doing. This is not about how they can give and you can't. It's about how will you obey what it is that the Lord is asking you to give. So everyone gives at different levels, and that changes throughout life. The attitude, though, the attitude with which you give doesn't have to change. It doesn't have to change. To change, I'm a firm believer that God does not want you to go broke. He does not want you to go hungry. There are bills and obligations that sometimes have to take precedence over what it is that you can give. If you can't put gas in your car and you can't make it to work because you decided to tithe, I'm going to be honest with you, you got a little backwards. You got a little backwards. Yes, I'm going to tell you guys, I I work on the first before principle. I give to God first before everything else. But, 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 if inflation keeps going up, right, let's be honest. If it literally is going to cost me an arm and a leg to fill up my truck, to get to work, to whatever else, sometimes things have to change. And there will be seasons when it's the opposite. When I will have bounty, when things will be overflowing, and I'll be able to give more. And if God calls me to do so, I'm committed to being open to doing just that. This is not about the amount you give. Okay? Again, we're not just talking about money, this is time, this is talent. And yes, also happens to be money. It's not about how much time you give. It's not about how much of your talents you give. It's not about how much of your wealth you give. It's how you give. It's about being committed to following what God is calling you to do. The attitude with which you give doesn't have to change. We need to understand this as well, that each type of gift, time, talents, money, all of them, Every single one has the opportunity to equally impact the kingdom of God. You may be sitting out today and thinking, You're talking about giving money. I literally have nothing to give. I've cut out everything. I've cut out everything. I only am paying for what I have to have to survive. I understand. Do you have time that you could give? Do you have talents that you're not using that could help further the kingdom of God? Understand it's not just about one area or aspect. We tend to do that. We tend to focus so heavily, especially in church, frankly, on the monetary side of things. But it's so much more than that, guys. It's so much more than that. It's it's about not seeing your life as your own, but as a a tool to further the kingdom of God. That's what I hope that we're accomplishing and understanding today. Each type of gift has the equal opportunity to have an impact in the kingdom of God. And just because we give in one way, that doesn't mean it excuses us from giving another. They're not interchangeable. Sometimes God will only call you to give in one way. Sometimes he'll call you to give in all three. But will you listen when he calls? And will you do it cheerfully Will you see what you have as His, or is it going to be out of obligation? Are you going to give out of love and reverence, or are you going to give out of obligation? In the end, pursuing God with our works is about answering the call when He dials our number. When He calls on you, what type of response will you have? Let's pray. God, I come to you right now today, and I I thank you for this day. I I hope that this message uh, was heard and received and that each and every one of us understands the importance of pursuing you with our actions, of putting our money where our mouth is, of, of not just saying that we have faith in Jesus, of not just saying that we're believers, of not just saying that we're followers of Christ, but showing that through the way that we live our lives, the way that we spend our time, the way that we offer our talents, the way that we give of our funds. God, I pray that you would help us work through these areas where we may be struggling right now. I hope that you would bring us clarity of mind in in these places that we just feel like, I don't know about this. God, again, understanding that it's going to be different for each and every one of us each and every one of us has a calling, each and every one of us has a gifting, each and every one of us has a personal, individualized relationship with you. And so God, the comparison game that sometimes we may play, I pray that you take that away, that you wouldn't allow Satan to make us feel guilty about the way that maybe we can't give in comparison to others and and also God that you would not let Satan allow us to be boastful about how much we are able to give when others are able to give so little because at the end of the day it's about giving with the right heart it's about giving with a mindset that's pursuing Christ it's about saying that i'm going to do this out of love and reverence because you are my god and you deserve it and i will listen to your call when you call i will pick up the phone so to speak i will follow and i will go Send me, use me, I am yours and all that I have belongs to you. These are the things that we ask for in Jesus' powerful name. Until next time, until next time. Guys, stand with us. Let's worship. During this time, this is a great time to reflect on these areas in your life uh, to see if you're doing everything that God is calling you to. To do. We're going to worship right now. If you need to pray, I'm going to be straight back. I'm going to ask Jake to uh, kind of be back over here to the right under the television. I'll be back by the sound booth. If you need to pray with one of us, please come pray with one of us. We would love to pray with you. Otherwise, stand now and worship the King who has provided all that it is that you need. Amen. Amen.